college football season is about 10 weeks away and teams which didn't get to finish spring practice are back on campus for workouts. It hasn't gone smoothly in several places. A handful of schools which have opted to make information public about COVID-19 tests report a high number of cases. Two of those schools are Kansas State and Clemson, and on today's Sports BKC, we'll talk to the beat writers for those teams, Callis Robinette of the Wichita Eagle and Kansas City Star, and Matt Connolly of The State in Columbia, South Carolina. It's Monday, June 22nd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. K-State has shut down its workouts after 14 positive cases. The Wildcats joined the University of Houston in suspending practice. The latest out of Clemson is 23 positives. LSU and Texas are two other programs that have reported high numbers. Where do the schools go from here? Callis and Matt talk about it. After a break, we'll play a clip from ESPN's ESPY Awards on Sunday night involving the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and four actors who are big Chiefs fans. I thought it was really well done, and I'll tell you more about it after the break. But let's get started with Kellis and Matt. We are joined by Kellis Robinette, who covers Kansas State for the Wichita Eagle and Kansas City Star, and really happy to have with us today Matt Connolly, who covers the Clemson Tigers for the state in Columbia, South Carolina. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Yeah, doing great. Thanks for having me on. Sure, sure. Glad to have you guys. Um, college football in a different place right now than it was two or three weeks ago when it was just sort of the hypothetical, right? Uh, we're, we were going to uh, talk about uh, team. We were talking about teams coming back to campus. We started to get dates, right? SEC June 9th for reporting. Big Twelve was was um, uh, June fifteenth, along with the Pac twelve, and and so so teams, uh, fall sports athletes, and then and then others from winter and spring sports started coming back to campus. And none of us kind of knew what to expect at that point. What the what the pandemic, uh, the impact of the pandemic would be on college campuses. I think we were all hoping for the best, but in some cases, the numbers have been alarming. And you guys cover two of the teams that, first of all, have put their numbers out there in a public realm, which I'm, 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 I'm grateful for those universities that do that. And I wish all the universities would do it, but they are, um, uh, some of the numbers have been a little alarming. And at Kansas State and Clemson, um, we're, we're looking at more than 20 football players who have tested positive. But we're going to get more specific information from each of you guys. And, Kellis, let's start with you. Uh, take, take us through the, the timeline of Kansas State athletes returning to campus and then how the, the numbers increased over the, the last couple of weeks. Right. So things actually started very optimistically out here in Manhattan Players started showing up um, just on campus to live and kind of get back used to being in Manhattan and on campus about two weeks ago. Uh, Then 90 players got tested. They all came back negative. And that looked like, you know, green light. Let's go ahead and start everything perfectly with uh, voluntary summer workouts last Monday. And they did start that. Um, But on the very day that they started workouts, turned out that uh, as they did more testing, two football players tested positive. Two days later, two more players tested positive. Then by the uh, end of the the week on Friday, uh, eight had tested positive. And then on Saturday, they said 14 had tested positive. So at that point, um, it turned from everything looking great to everything looking bad. They said, you know what, let's just not even have voluntary workouts anymore until we can get this thing figured out. So right now everything is on pause. If, uh, 
everything goes perfectly over the next two weeks, all those players will have quarantined and then they can come back and hopefully pick up where they left off and start working out again. But things could always be more complicated than that. Cause like I said, uh, at this time last week, the assumption was that it, at Kansas State, no athletes had the coronavirus, and now you're looking at uh, more than a dozen. And it, it it's just kind of shown us that uh, even when a university has uh, really strict policy set in, uh, you have to get tested, can't come to campus and work out and be around other people unless you've first gotten a negative test. Um, you can have all those uh, guidelines in place on campus, but college students still want to be college students when they're at home. They want to go be around other people. They want to go out to eat. They want to go out to parties. And once one or two people come into other contact uh, with people who have this this thing, it spreads, and, and that's what's happened so far. So when, when exactly did they hit the pause button? Was it was it last – was it Thursday? It was Saturday. Um, oh, okay. So, so over the weekend, yeah. Um, but at, on Friday, they publicly announced that they had uh, eight cases. And at that point, with just eight, even though that is technically an outbreak, if you get over five, it's classified as an outbreak. I believe the thought was that um, it wasn't all football players who tested positive. So the thought was enough people from varying sports had tested positive. They could still isolate them and be okay and keep going forward. But when the number jumped up to 14, uh, you know, it was like, Hey, let, let's pump the brakes and, and recalibrate here a little bit. So I, I think I figured it out as long as they go by a Monday, Friday work schedule, the earliest they'll be back will be July 6th. Gotcha. Okay, Matt. Matt, something similar, Matt, uh, at Clemson, with uh, in terms of a time time frame. Yeah, definitely. So you know, they, the players arrived back in early June and quarantined, and then were tested. And initially, only two out of 104 tested positive, which, as Kellis was saying, is pretty good and kind of what you would hope for. And, and having at least a small number, uh, a little more than Kansas State, but still a small number, and then. And, and as he was saying, you start going to parties and hanging out and going to bars and restaurants and all this kind of stuff. Um, and the next thing you know, two turns into 23. And so you know, Clemson had 23 players they announced Friday that have that have tested positive at this point. Um, unlike Kansas State, Clemson's continuing to have its workouts with those that haven't had known contact or that um, aren't showing symptoms and don't have a positive test. So a little different there. But, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's something that they knew that they would have some positive tests, but obviously we're hoping it wasn't going to grow like this and, and kind of a, a worrisome number when you have 23 people out of your football roster that have tested positive. And, and a couple of coaches too, I think I saw. Yeah. A couple of staff members. So they haven't clarified whether members, it's sure. Yeah. Right. So they haven't, they haven't really clarified whether it's strength and conditioning or you know, coaches, video staff, anything like that. But yeah, a couple of staff members as well. Right, right, right. So, uh, I, I, the other schools that are that have produced some bigger numbers in terms of positive tests, LSU with more more than thirty, Texas had, uh, I think it was thirteen that are self isolating right now. Uh, University of Houston, the only other school I think besides K State that has suspended uh, workouts. Have you heard differently, guys? Either of you guys, uh, Kansas State, Houston, anybody else suspended uh, workouts yet? Those are the only two I've heard. Yeah, not that I'm aware of. Okay, and the only the little piece of news that I heard today was the University of Iowa has suspended ticket sales um, at uh, for for college football games this year. So um, it's uh, you know, again two I guess two two and a half weeks ago uh, we were we were optimistic about the return of college football. And look, I'm, I'm not 
Kellis and I were talking before we started recording, Matt, that, you know, football had the advantage in terms of the calendar, the way this all fell on the calendar of, you know, getting to observe what's going on in other sports, right? The college basketball had to shut down. Baseball, Major League Soccer, both, you know, started but had to stop. Certainly the NBA and the NHL had to do that as well. Football had, you know, finished, right? LSU had won a national championship over Clemson, and, and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and their season was over. They, you know, they, they did miss the end of spring practice uh, across the country and, uh, and in, on, on the college realm, but they still had the opportunity to, to watch and see what else is going on. Is this a matter of um, did, did schools – and we're not picking on K-State and Clemson here. They're just two of the handful of schools that are making their information public. Like I said, I wish everybody would. I'm sure many other schools are dealing with this as well, but – um, should, you know, did, did the word get out? I mean, can we, can we surmise that, um, you know, players, the athletes weren't, um, prepared well, the education wasn't there for, you know, isolation, social distancing, wearing a mask. I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm questioning Kellis, why, why this happened in the first place to, to this extent. Right. Um, I, I think the way I look at it is this is basically just a wake up call for any athlete early anybody out there in general who was under the belief that this thing was just past us, that the coronavirus wasn't still out there, that you, you didn't have to be safe anymore, didn't have to wear a mask, didn't have to wash your hands. Um, it, you know, if, if you're not taking it seriously, it can, it can spread. And I, I think it just from the people I've talked to at Kansas state, uh, that's the vibe I get is that um, no matter how you know seriously certain people take this, if there are some in the group that aren't taking it seriously and they're not wearing masks and they're um, interacting with people that they don't know if they have it or not, then this is always a, a possibility. So I, I suppose one way to look at it is that we are far enough away from the season that maybe we can actually um, recalibrate things here and have a, have another shot at it and still still make it off in time. But um, uh, I, I will say my optimism for football happening in the fall is uh, has dropped from where it was at this time last week. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. How about you, Matt? Same, uh, same feeling about the college football season starting on time or getting, you know, getting a season in uner- uninterrupted. Um, how, how was, uh, what's your sense? Yeah, my, my optimism has definitely gone down some. I, I still do think that there probably will some way, somehow be a season just because it's so important financially and, I think we're far enough out that these these tests are being done now in June and, and you're kind of altering the way you're doing some things and planning ahead more and talking to your team about really how serious this is. And if you guys want to have football, you know, we really need to be smart with our social distancing and all that kind of stuff. And that's one thing talking with some people at Clemson is, you know, they said we have them for an hour to two hours a day in our building doing their voluntary workouts and those kind of things. But for the other 22 hours, we can – you know, suggest things, but at, but at the same time, these are grown men, and we don't really have the power to tell them, "Hey, you can't do this, you can't do that." Um, you know, they, they still are going to go about and live their lives and, and 
kind of do what they want to do as college students, no matter what you try to tell them. So hopefully um, this will be a wake up call and, and people will start taking it more seriously. But that's something that's been stressed to me is that the spread of this really hasn't been happening as far as they can tell in the workouts. It's been happening more so outside of workouts when they're outside of the building and kind of doing their own thing as college students. Yeah. And then bringing it to the workouts. So, sure. um, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm with both of you guys. I was feeling great about the, the idea of college football and, um, you know, Labor Day weekend, there's week zero, right? The week before Labor Day weekend then Labor Day weekend and a real celebration of the reopening of sports and, Heck, who knows the way the baseball negotiations are going? It could have been the first spectator sport back, you know, and right. and um, and and now, I, I you know, I don't know about I don't know about spectators. What's the buzz, Matt, and at Clemson about uh, about bringing people back into this into the stadium for you know for games? And you're of course covering the the team that's everybody thinks is going to be the preseason number one. And in some of the poll the early polls, they are preseason number one. And you know, two of the last, you know, th- two of the last three national champ, two of the last four, I guess, national championships. So what, what's what's the vibe about getting fans back in the stands at Clemson? Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a less than than full stadium, which I think you know is going to be most places around the country. Um, there could be anywhere from fifteen to fifty percent, I would think, um, from from what I'm hearing. So you know, I think that's still something that they're going to continue to look at as well, as far as what are the guidelines in the state in particular, and and kind of what is being suggested throughout the country. Uh, you know, it is interesting. You, you watched the rally with, with President Trump uh, this past weekend, and you know, there were those uh, 6,000 plus people that were really close together and stuff. And so, you know, who knows if uh, football places look and see and, and universities say, well, if, you know, if they can have no social distancing with the president going to these kind of events, maybe, you know, we can push the limits a little bit and have stadiums and that kind of stuff. Um, maybe more full than people thought originally come this fall. So I think it's still really up in the air right now, but, uh, you know, something they're definitely monitoring closely and trying to see just because there's so much money involved when you look at having a full stadium as opposed to 50% as opposed to 15%. No doubt about it. That is a, it's a big issue. We were talking to athletic directors about this last week and, um, depending on the school, you know, X number of percentage of their budget uh, comes from football ticket sales, especially season ticket sales. And we've already heard some schools announce the limitations of, uh, of attendance and uh, Ohio State being uh, one of the first to do it, saying what somewhere between 20, 25,000 in the in the horseshoe that seats over 100,000 and Iowa State also mentioning that they were going to limit uh, attendance. I, Callis, I haven't heard Gene Taylor at Kansas State say anything about that. Have, have I missed something, or has he said something about limiting the attendance? They have not come out and proposed a firm plan to anybody. They want to be you know, patient about it and follow state and county guidelines and everything. Um, because like at, like at Iowa State, they came out and said, yeah, we're going to have 50%. That's, that's our goal. I saw a story came out today that um, the health department there, whatever whatever county Ames is in, said that uh, they're currently advising that they don't that they would recommend no fans at games this year. So you know you don't want to come out and have some plan and then have a, a government official come in later and say that's a no go. So I, I think optimistically though they would like to have about fifty percent uh, of, of fans in the stands that would at least allow them to get some students in, most of their season ticket holders in. 
and um, you know bring in some much needed revenue in that that regard. But it, even at fifty percent, that brings op- open a lot of questions of how do you social distance even with twenty five thousand people? Um, you know, maybe you leave some sections open where you can say if if you're not comfortable being around people, you can just go here and spread out. I'm not sure what that looks like, but th- that to me, even more so than the season happening, is the the biggest like Wild West question of all: is what what do you do with uh, with fans in the stands? And because I think a lot of these athletic departments are a going to feel pressure to have uh, have some type of attendance, and b they're all going to be in different parts of the country, listening to different government officials, telling them what they can and can't do. I think it'll be different all over the place. I can, I can assure you, Kellis, that talking to the athletic directors that I, sp- I spoke with last week, they are absolutely, you're right, I mean, they are absolutely uh, concerned about what a stadium is going to look like in, in the fall. And it's not just the colleges. It's also the NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, Major League Soccer, be, because you're right. Look at, if, you're, if you're talking about a 50% full stadium, that there is no way to adhere to CDC guidelines of the six-foot separation. So... They're, they're working with teams, and, and I, I did a story about this that appeared in today's uh, newspapers that uh, sports architects here in Kansas, in Kansas City are working with stadium uh, with, with owners of pro teams and athletic directors around the country uh, diagramming what a stadium at 20% or 25% or even 50% would look like and, and how to, um, you know, how to minimize uh, a lot of contact or what they call collision points in inside a stadium. So, hey, Matt, we can't uh, we can't end this conversation without uh, g- having you give us a little bit of a uh, preview on Clemson. As I said, I, I think they're just about everybody's preseason number one, and uh, Clemson is uh, an amazing program. They have just done a, a fantastic job in, in, in Dabo Sweeney's tenure there, and. Um, are, are you, um, uh, are, do you agree with the hype? Is this the, do we go into the season thinking Clemson's the best team in the country? It's going to be interesting because one thing that's kind of been overlooked with so much happening, um, with the coronavirus and everything else going on is the fact that Clemson's best receiver and a guy that was probably going to be a top 10, top 15 pick next year. And Justin Ross is out for the year and his football season or his football career could be over as well. Um, he was having some back and neck issues and, and had to have surgery. So he's for sure going to miss this year. And they're kind of up in the air as far as, you know, 2021 and the future. So that's a big loss for them. They were already losing T Higgins at receiver. And now Justin Ross was there far and away going to be their number one guy this year. So, um, you know, they'll be really good. They'll have Trevor Lawrence back and at quarterback and Travis Etienne at running back. who are probably arguably the two best at their position in the country, but, the loss of Justin um, is huge. And then defensively, you know, Brent Venables always seems to do a really good job. K-State fans are very familiar with him. Uh, but Venables always seem to do a great job of getting the defense ready. And so I feel, I feel like they feel good about that side of the ball. And, and they'll definitely be a contender. But as far as winning a national title, I think it's going to be tough without Justin being there this year. Gotcha. And, and speaking of Brent Venables, after he, went, after he was at Kansas State, he went to Oklahoma – and Oklahoma has been kind of an interesting school during this whole COVID uh, time because they have not started uh, – their, their athletes aren't back on campus in Norman. They are uh, – they, they'd set a, a later deadline, I think July 1st, for athletes to return. And I'm sure they're looking at all of this from Norman and, and seeing what other schools are, are going through right now and, and, and trying to take precautions and whatnot. So – Okay. Hey, Matt Connolly from the state. It was great having you on here. Kellis, always great talking to you. And we'll catch up with you guys soon. Hey, it's Blair. 
we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Let's wrap up the show with this. ESPN's ESPY Awards were Sunday night, and like everything in sports and life, it was different than in previous years. Some of the awards had to be shelved, like Best Team, which is something the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs might have expected to win or at least be a strong contender for. So the Chiefs and ESPN had some fun with it by staging a Zoom call with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, along with Super Chiefs fans from Hollywood and Saturday Night Live. You'll hear from David Koechner, he's the loudest of the bunch, Rob Riggle, Heidi Gardner, and Eric Stone Street having a video chat. Here it is. Thank you, guys. What's going on? This is the moment we've been waiting for, gang, right here. You guys, this is really happening. The Kansas City Chiefs are a shoe-in for best team. I heard that the best team, SP is actually made out of a unicorn horn, dipped in former Chief Joe Montana's sweat. Woo! Guys, 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 guys. I'm sorry, but uh, they actually told me that they're not giving the best team SP out this year. What? What? You almost made me drop my rib. I almost dropped my rib, Mahomesy. Time out. No team SB. No, you're faking us out, Patrick. Like like when you do the no look pass, or, or like when you pretend a fuzzy mohawk is a thing. Uh, <laughs> fuzzy. Ah, yeah. Fuzzy. Yeah, that's, that's messed up. That's messed up. He's serious though. He's telling the truth, guys. There's no team awards this year. Let me get us straight. The Astros. Get a best team, Espy, and we get nothing. What? He went there. Cool, 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 cool. I guess we'll just wait for another fifty years. Is that what you want, Espy? Settle down, settle down, guys. Not every team got to finish out their season, so you got to play it fair, I guess. That's very nice to play it fair. That is the right thing to do. No! I know it's unreasonable, but this really chapped my ass. My ass is chapped. You know what? He's right. The hell with doing the right thing. I want my unicorn horn. The bright side of things, the SBs are honoring Coach Andy Reid this year. Oh, hey. big red thing. Oh, right. oh, that's cool. I'm talking hey. about. The coach. Oh, the coach. The coach. I like hey. that. All right. Well, you know what, guys? It's great seeing you all. I'll meet you all at the ring ceremony. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm a size five. Hey, Pat, do you think they know they're not getting rings? Let's just log off. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to Kellis Robinette and Matt Connolly for joining me today to talk college football. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands, and it's a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the Sports Extra with the E-Edition. 
There are 30 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.